Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line, and we're going to get to all of your uh, questions and comments. Well, not all, but most. Or as many as possible. Good morning, everybody here. Hi, y'all. The first thing I want to tell you is that the Boy Scouts is dead. They killed it. They literally killed the Boy Scout. Now they can rest. What? Now they can rest. They, they were trying so much. No, they'll go after the next thing. The Boy Scout is dead. And it was like 100 years old or so. And so I was thinking, who sat back and allowed that to happen? You know, it had to take some time to happen. And where were the men who started the Boy Scout or who were running it? Why did they let that happen? That is mind-blowing to me. Isn't that, like, mind-blowing? How do you let something like that just happen? You have to be a beta male <laughs> to let that happen. The Boy Scouts, and I never was a Boy Scout. It's just that I've been knowing about it for a long time, and it seemed to have produced really strong and good men, smart men, and that's over now. And the reason they did it, anybody know why they did it? They killed the Boy Scout? I don't know. Have you, have you heard about this before today? Yeah. Why do you think they did it, Mark? It's just like, um, I guess you would call them radical feminists. People that, they don't want anything that is a space, anything that's a space exclusively for men, males, boys, is an insult to women. Anything that isn't exclusively space for women, girls, is, is a celebration. You know, they already had Girl Scouts. Girl Scout cookies, everybody knows. Yeah. Nobody had a problem with that. But I think you're right. I think it is like a much bigger deal than people are making it out to be. It's one a my, big deal. One of my good friends. It's is a, a major deal that the Boy Scouts is dead. It really is. I was never a Boy Scout, but one of my good friends was a Eagle Scout, Three Palm, which is like big, big time Boy yeah. Scout, right? And he would tell me stories that I just couldn't believe. He would like watch these kids for an entire summer up in the mountains, and he was in charge of like 18 kids, and there was no adults around. You know, they'd come and check on them and things. And just like the things that they did, they learned how to do all yeah. these things in the woods. And it's like, you can't do that with girls. Right. You absolutely cannot put 10-year-old boys and 10-year-old girls and, like, you know, you, the, the, that's not going to work. It's not the same thing. And uh, that's unfortunate that they don't see that, that it's just an insult, that it's sexist, blah, blah, blah. You know? Well, what's going to happen now is that the boy is going to be accused of sexual harassment. They're going to be accused of messing with the girls, and their names are going to be listed on a computer. Their, their lives are going to be ruined at such an early age. Because we bring boys and girls together, things happen. And now the boys will be accused. And also schools in general uh, are, are kind of made for girls. You sit still, and you're quiet, and you're orderly and organized. Girls are more organized in general than boys, and boys right. like to, like, you know, be outside and play with their yeah. hands and things like that. And that's just not even going to be allowed anymore. It's amazing to me that somebody allowed this to happen. I it agree. reminds me of when they had the uh, uh, that dinner, the meet. What's that dinner called, James? With the president, 
media dinner or something? Oh, the White House Correspondents. White House Correspondents dinner. They had this comedian, um, um, a child of the lie. She went up and she was nasty, vulgar, I mean, talking about people. And the men, along with the women, but the men especially, just sat there. Nobody said a word. I'm like beating my TV up. <laughs> Say something. Even if uh, I wasn't in control of that meeting, I was a guest in the back. I would scream, get her out of here or something. How do you just be a man? Where are the men? <laughs> How do you be a man and don't stand up for good? They just sat there, some of them laughed, and the others just sat, sat there, and she just went. She brought Satan and all his demon in. It was crazy to see that. Where are the men? Men are scared to be, it's okay to be a man. It really is. You don't have to be a beta male. You don't have to be a girly male. You don't have to be a feminist male. It's really okay to be a man. God made you that way, guys. Isn't it okay for men to be a men? Yeah. It's okay, right? I was right? watching your um, interview with, with Chink the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, and you asked him, are you a man? And he was like, I hope so. And I just thought it was pretty funny. How do you like, hope it's okay so? to be a man, yeah. But, uh. <laughs> what do, you, do you have an idea why they killed the Boy Scouts? Have you um, thought about this? I think it's the whole notion of getting rid of the binary. The same way as, like, you have all these sexes and all these spectrums. It's right. like LGBTQIWT, <laughs> you know, so... Okay. Isn't that amazing? Were you surprised they killed the Boy Scout? I haven't heard much about it, but um, I just heard that they took the boys out of the Yeah, they took the boys title. out of the Scout. Yeah. And they call it Binary Scout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? Scouts. Yeah, what's the name? Just Scouts? Scouts. They just call it Scouts now. Isn't it like amazing? It's, it's incredible. And, and do you know... Uh, I, I felt like somebody died. I felt like a funeral when I heard that. It just felt like a funeral. Esteban, do you know why they did it? Then I put my two cents and we'll move on. Did you know that the Boy Scouts were dead? No, I was really um, never into them a lot, to be honest. Oh. Yeah. But I wasn't either, but they killed the Boy Scouts. Yes. Yeah, After 100 years old. They were around for 100 years and... Now they're not around anymore. At least not the same way anymore. They, do you know why? Okay. Right here, Jeremy. Not that I know why. I just know that everything that is good that is still out there, it's under attack. Right. Boy Scout happened to be something good. So they attacked it relentlessly without giving up. I mean, you thought they were going to fight this off, and then suddenly they... It's okay, you can have it your way, and they gave it up like that. As a matter of fact, I had forgotten that it was under attack because I've been hearing about it. I thought it was kind of over with. They left them alone. Yeah, I don't know what they're about, but you can tell it's something good. They teach character. They, they teach about whatever it is, building a campfire, survival skills, yeah. anything that Science. might do something good. You know? like that, yeah. yeah, and then it's, it seems like there is a one big team that is observing anything that says is good happening. Boom, they attack them. Yeah. And they won't rest until they're, 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 they're kill it. The reason that they killed the Boy Scouts is because masculinity is hated. It is hated. It's hated more than God hates sin. 
and because it represents God. Men represent God. They are the Christ. They are the love, the foundation, the protection spiritually and physically. They are, they are it. And evil understands that. And if it can destroy the man, then hell can come in and destroy the women and children. That's what this is all about. No other thing but that. They hate masculinity. They hate men. And unfortunately, unfortunate, men are giving into it. They're just cowering down. Men even allow their wives and girlfriends to beat them up. I've seen men at the airport getting beat up. And I, I'm like, why are you letting her beat? What's wrong with you? It, it's not good. You're not supposed to be violent with one another, but it goes both ways. But they hate masculinity. They hate God. That's why they did it. They pretend they did it because they say, well, the girls are not getting the same experience as the guys. They're not getting science and they don't know how to start a campfire or whatever they say, right? But that's a made-up lie. They hate men. That, that's what this is all about. Men represent God. But men don't act like they represent God. They are sons of God. They are the Christ. Can you imagine a weak Christ? Are any of you guys weak Christ? <laughs> And why are you weak? I've been working out. A little comedian, too. Huh? I'm still growing. You're growing? Yeah. And how do you know you're weak? Uh, because, uh, because if you're growing, if you're still growing, that means that there's still growth. So that means that you're still weak in a way, if that makes sense. Not necessarily. So, like, say, say I go to lift a you know ten pound weight, right. but my goal is to lift a hundred pounds. I know I can't lift the fifteen pound because I'm weak. And how does that apply to life? Because life is, it might never be that hundred pound weight. Well, life is different in that you have challenges in life, and the reason you have those challenges so that you can. Be made strong by overcoming them. Yeah. Because if you didn't have them, there was no way to no become strong. But you you deal with them without resenting them, and you be you're being made strong in that moment. In that very moment, you're being made perfect. So that's a little different than lifting weights. But I understand the point you're making. Yeah. But so you don't deal with your challenges properly. Yeah. So, for, yeah. I, I sometimes, most of the times I do, but then there's times when I don't, and yeah. I know that. Right. So I go back and you know correct it. Yeah. Whenever you miss it, don't worry about it. It's coming back again. You yeah, cannot yeah. move forward until you overcome that. Yeah. Whatever it is that you didn't overcome in the moment, it just hangs out, and it goes around. You come back to it, and then it's up to you to overcome it or not. So yeah. it'll come back. But the, yeah, and also the yeah, and then the the. Sometimes when it comes back or when it even comes, it's kind of like yeah, I feel you, you can also praise God in that situation, you know, because it's there. And how do you praise God? You just say, you know, I know this is happening. I feel I don't feel good about it, but I know you're helping me to grow. Oh, so it's like just a, a you know, just a praise, like more of like a, an acknowledgement. 
Right. That you don't need to say that. You just need to notice, wow, I, I was weak. I'll never say that again then. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes your enemy brings you challenges too. Most of the time. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, Frank. I was, uh, you know, as a kid 100 years ago, um, I was uh, raised as a Cub Scout. Went to Cub you were 100 Scout. years old? Yeah, yeah, it was 100 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It You're the old man. You look yeah, well. It was, thank you. <laughs> Vitamins. <laughs> Drink water. So um, going to Cub Scout meetings, I remember those days, and then going to Boy Scout meetings and going camping and and uh, I mean, it was very much family. We had a creed that we followed. Uh, you know, everybody's always heard Boy Scouts always be prepared. Right. Uh, living, believing in God, believing in family. You had a book. I probably still have the little book. And uh, uh, you know, all that is kind of washed away. Yes. You know? It is. It is an organization like the church in a lot of ways. You know. Uh, just like the church in a lot of ways, and just like uh, the church has fallen, this is this is dying away too. And it's the men's fault that this is happening. Really, it really is, guys. It's your fault. Yes, James. Um, Rose is saying that the women want men to be men. Yeah, they do. They want it. They're hungry for it. Even when they're smacking you upside the head. <laughs> they would rather for you not to allow them to smack you. They want you to be, and they're smacking you because you're weak. And there's nothing worse than a weak, pathetic man. It would be like, we're supposed to rely on Christ, right? Can you imagine relying on a weak Christ? You know, like you're, here you are in pain, something's happening. And you call up on Christ. Oh, Christ, help me. You're like, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know why you called up on me. My wife just beat me up. <laughs> That's how you are to women when you're weak. <clears throat> yes, sir. Tim is calling the Boy Scouts Soy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's for sure. Amazing. So I have, yes, sir. You know, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I, I hadn't thought of that angle when you said that um, the Boy Scouts will, um, you mean a, hmm. Any day now. I know. It just, what? You lost your thought? Yeah, I did. How old are you? <laughs> 60, I forget. You need some uh, senile pills. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere, something about, um, you said that um, the Boy Scouts, it had to do with, I'll come back. Yeah, that's amazing, that's scary. <laughs> what? I have this question I got to ask, uh, where's Jeremiah? Jeremiah, why are you not standing in the room with the mic? What are you doing? Let Robert get that. Right there. Uh, one thing, one thing, uh, I'm always aware of this. You're not the door. You're not the doorman. Don't listen to your father at church. 
You could be disobedient in church, all right? All right. Go ahead, Frank. One, one thing I noticed, that, uh, especially, uh, you know, now is that uh, there's different kind of wars, and it's not the kind of wars that you think it is, and, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's like a cold war, and the thing about the Boy Scouts is they've been fighting for years with this, fighting for years, and finally they got done with this. And so we think that they've won. Well, you said a different kind of war. What do you mean? There's, there's wars that are hidden behind the scene, undercover. Um, there are enemies out there that are attacking, but they're attacking quietly. But how is it not a battle between good and evil? It is. Are you saying that it is or yes, not? Yes, I'm saying that we, we wrestle not against. Oh, okay. I just said that. I yeah. just quoted. Oh, I, just I thought said, you said it's not just, like the we wrestle not. Yeah. There's like a cold war. What does yeah. that mean? A cold war means, means that you fight without killing people. You fight by destroying the enemy. You fight by uh, corrupting them. You, you fight oh, by tempting yeah. them. And then, yeah. and then they, they, they die. Yeah. And so that's, you know, it's... Uh, and so just because they won this, this battle, there are going to be more battles. They're going to kill the Girl Scouts. They're going to kill the next Well, the they're next not thing. going to kill the Girl Scouts. They're, going to get, they're just going to wipe the men out, and then they'll control the girls. They're going to kill the next thing, the next thing that we, we cherish. They will destroy that. So we have to fight. Yeah, that's right. It's not enough to just quote the Bible. You got to be living it. You got to be doing it. So I got. The, I have this question. So this whole Boy Scout, the death of the Boy Scouts, is about killing masculinity. So you're going to hear people out there. I heard one woman, nice lady. I like this lady too. She was explaining it right, and she tried to make it seem logical. Oh no, it's not over for the boy. It's not like the Boy Scouts is dead. They're letting the women, the girls, come in because the the girls. Uh, they need to be trained the way the guys need to be trained. The girls don't get what the guys get. And then it seemed as though the host fell for that, even though I don't think he did. But it sounds so sweet and nice, it was all lies. This is about killing men, killing masculinity. It's a battle between good and evil. And when you can wipe out the man, you can wipe out everybody else. I saw it in the black community. I see it in the white communities. I see it with the uh, Hispanics. Did you know that Hispanic and Mexican are not the same? Isn't that right? We had this long discussion on the radio. I thought, I thought a Mexican was a Mexican, no matter if it had a different name, it's still a Mexican. But am I right, James? A Hispanic and a Mexican are not the same, right? How did we end that conversation? We ended it by saying that they're uh, Mexican... Mexicans are among the Hispanics. Wow. There are other people that are also Hispanic. What are you, Mar? Are you a Mexican or Hispanic? <laughs> I, I never refer to myself as a Hispanic. I just say Mexican. Right. And uh, other than that, I'll say American. So are you the lower class Mexican? Or is, it, it's a, is the uh, Hispanic considered to be better than no, Mexican? No, I just think it's like more it's like a new thing it's oh, like kind of silly you know what i mean because like in the 80s Be- i remember no one said his then Chicano. when i came to california no all like the mexicans mexican. were mexicans 
We didn't have any Hispanics. But it wasn't an insult. You know, right. I don't see it as an insult. It's, oh, he's Mexican. Yeah, I am. You know. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Mark. A man among beta males. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, just a funny comment in the Armenian community when we came here, because we were from like the Caucasian, Eastern Europe, Middle East, Caucasian mountains. Right. We didn't know any Latinos or you know anything south of the border of America. We weren't familiar with that culture. So when we came here, we got everybody Mexican. Yeah. So my girlfriend, she's from Honduras, and I call her <laughs> Mexican. She gets crazy. I'm not Mexican. I'm from Honduras. Wow. But we call Asians Chinese. All Asians are Chinese to us, and then they get mad at us, too. Isn't that amazing? But we learn, we learn. All Asians are Chinese to me, too. (laughs) They all look alike. Don't they look alike? And then the the Armenians and the Mexicans and the the, uh, people from uh, other Muslim countries, they all look alike to me. I can't tell. Isn't that amazing? My Korean friend told me that. said, you all look alike. I looked at him and I said, yeah. that's what we'd say about you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because you and Mark look alike. There's a, and here. And you, but you're not Mexican, right? You're white. Uh, see, the white guy with a tan look like an Armenian. <laughs> I got to do this. Tell you a story about the prayer. I, I would just tell me your first name. Tyler. So, Tyler, I asked you just before the service started, were you, di- were you still doing the prayer, you said? The prayer, yes. Uh, I had an experience where uh, I lost my wallet last weekend. And uh, the first t- day after I noticed it was gone, that morning I stayed calm, and I st- thought it would turn up. And as it didn't turn up, I started to get really frustrated and get really filled with anger at myself for losing it and at the situation and just that, um, you know, people sh- you know, responses to me for being irresponsible. Another day goes by, and it really starts to bother me, but I started to, um, I did the prayer that morning. And I was on a bus, and I was on a bus ride, and uh, I was still feeling just really conflicted about it. And I did the, I meditated for about 45 minutes. And after the bus ride, I felt I felt better about the situation. Yeah. And my mind was just clear. And sure enough, about two hours later, I got a phone call that my wallet had surfaced, and this was three three or four days after the fact. That's right. Stay with the prayer and you're going to grow stronger and stronger and things of the world won't be that important. Right. It really won't. I don't know how he changes that, but he does. He'll make it not be so important when you trip out over anything. Mm -hmm. You can take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing thing. So stay with the prayer. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, that's good. Um, Let me do this first. Uh, This question... I have this question because of you. Tell me your first name again. Me. Uh-huh. Charnel. Remember last week I asked you, what, you said you didn't know what you wanted to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And because you said that, it stuck with me all week. And so <laughs> I wanted to ask um, this question. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want out of life? What do you want from life? Anybody ever thought about that? Oh, good. Um, what do you want in the back? What do you want from life, out of life? Um, to make sure that she grows up to be responsible. Yeah. Um, woman. Yeah. That's your daughter? Yes. My this is your first time here? Yes. Tell me your name. Derek. 
Derek, thank you for coming. How did you find us? Uh, I watch you online. Oh, right on. And so, what do you? So, is there anything else in your life you want from life, or out of life? Um, not necessarily. You got everything. Not that I have everything, no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but you're satisfied. Yeah. Not for the most part, but I am satisfied. Why not for the most part? I guess because there are other things as far as um, maybe me and her mother just being, I think we're good parents, but maybe between us, you know, not always being the best at times. So A little loud for me there. Uh, me and her mother not being the best, always on best terms. Right. So, uh, are you are you guys married? Yes. And you and your wife are not always on the, on best terms. No. Well, we have like everything is like two different schedules. We're never around each other. Right. That often. Well, even if you guys were on the same schedule and everything, I have news for you. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. Right. You're never gonna be on the one accord. Right. Do you know that? I can tell that. I can <laughs> see that. <laughs> so don't expect it. Yeah, okay. And I, it, yeah. What? No, no, I was going to say I, I don't ex expect that. Why did you expect that in the beginning? Because um, I'm, I'm a way different person than I am today than back then. Right. But when you first met her, you guys married, you thought, wow, we're going to be on one accord, all in the name of Jesus. Um, These guys go out, and the women, too, they go out and get a Christian husband. I'm going to church looking for a husband because we're going to be on one accord. No, you're not. Not going to happen. Right. And why did you think you guys were going to be on one accord? Um, probably because I wanted wanted it that way. Right. Yeah. And it's best to face reality because it's your job to be the head of your wife right. and be that perfect example so she can follow naturally mm -hmm. as Christ is your head. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Oh, that makes Are you the sense. head of your wife? Yes. Yeah. Would she say that if she was here? I, I would think so. <laughs> okay. That's, that's real. I, uh, <laughs> over the last 28 years, I've counseled with several couples either getting married or after married. And so I, I always treat the husband. I say, oh, how do you see your wife? What do you think about your wife? Oh, she's a wonderful wife. I love her. She's a good mother. She's such a wonderful wife. And so I, I read, I let him go first so I can see what he really thinks, right? And if he changes his mind, I'm going to say, you're lying. And then I ask the wife, what do you think of your husband? I don't like him. <laughs> he, he just gets on my nerve. He is not. He'll just go off. Oh, and the husband's like, "What? I didn't know you felt that way." <laughs> He's always surprised to hear how she feels about him. Isn't that amazing? But I'm glad you're here, Derek. Yeah. Any questions for me? No, not now. Not now. No. If you do, let me know. I will. All right. How old are you? I'm twelve. You seven? Twelve. Oh, twelve. What's your name? Zara. So your dad is a good dad? Yes. And what do you love about him? Uh, 
he just cares about me and he tells me right from wrong. Right on. He always wants me to ask questions. Make sure you always love your father and your mother, but never be mad at your father because life will become hell for you. All right, speak up, but don't be angry. And when you're close to your father, it's going to cause you to stay close to God and you have a good life. Never hold on to anger, all right? Okay. I'm glad you came. All right. Thank you. All right. So what do you want? You had your hand, right? Yes. What do you want out of life? Um, going to school, you know, you're always kind of pushed to, there's this huge pressure to decide what to do with your life, you know, career choice. And I was very confused. And recently I realized that, you know, you just need to do something that will make you enough money to, you know, support yourself, give you a good home and what have you, and go that route instead of trying to look for a career, you can pick a couple of things, okay, these things make good money, and decide which one are you more comfortable with versus, oh, I want to be a cook, and then you look into it, no, no money in being a cook. I want to do this, and then you look into it, okay, no, that's not going to work out because I can't buy that jet ski I want with that. Right. So I don't know. That so you want more money? Um, no. Just oh. what do you enough, want? Just enough money. Just how much is enough? I don't know. <laughs> money loses value every year. So. <laughs> All right. Amon, uh, did I come to you? No. no. I, I never did come to you. I didn't raise my hand, but I was, I was going to. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you raised your hand earlier. No, go ahead. What do you want out of life? Uh, honestly... It's like nothing matters because I feel like you're still going to die and leave it all. Like, it's, it's temporary. Like, what do you want out of life? Nothing really because... You don't want anything? Nothing matters. Can I have all your stuff? <laughs> I don't have much. <laughs> <laughs> you have your own business. Yeah. So can I have all the money you make? I'll trade with you what you have. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing matters to you? Uh, what do I want? I really don't know because it's like you're still going to get old and die. So it's like nothing's, nothing excites me to want. So you just wait to die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy life. Yeah, but it just sucks that you don't die. You just get old and old and old and then die, which is the worst part. <laughs> you want to die before you get old? No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to die where before I lose my mind or I lose my physical abilities and stuff like that. Uh, oh, you want to die before you lose your mind? I, I'd rather die healthy than to gradually deteriorate to death. Oh, well, let God know that. Okay. So the one thing you want out of life is to die before you get old. <laughs> no, I said no. I don't want nothing from life because it's you're still going to die anyways. You know? Right, but you know you say it's tough to get old and die. You want to die before you get old. Yes. At what age? Fifty, forty. I want to as long as. At what age you want to die? No. So, because he's listening right now. Oh, maybe sixty. You want to die at 60? Yeah. You hear him, don't you, Lord? <laughs> All right, we got you down. Okay. At 60. Because you suck after 60 anyways, or most people. It sucks after 60? Yeah, that's when you die. 
Most, yeah. Most, oh. For most people. I'm having the time of my life. I've never had so much fun. Yeah, that's why I, I, I squeeze in the word most. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, James. So he want to die and sister, the Lord. <laughs> it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin was saying that he, he said, I want my life to please Jesus. Nice. I had to. <laughs> All right, Justin, that's real nice, man. Um, did you ever realize what you wanted out of life yet? You didn't know what you wanted to do in life or something? Well, I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do as far as, like, um, like taking care of myself, being right. independent. That's kind of where I was struggling. But um, what I want out of life, because I don't believe anyone's life is purposeless. Um, you don't believe it's what? Purposeless. Like, what's the, like, you might as well just kill yourself if you don't feel like life is worth living and it's not worth um, searching your life to get what you want out of it. It's, it's pointless. So, um, wow. for me personally, I, I just want to know God and I want to be in harmony with Him. I want to um, just be a light to other people. I want, to serve other people. Do you want to die at 60? No. Uh. <laughs> I want to live as long as possible. <laughs> uh. Yeah. All right. Interesting. One more person. Uh, sure. Sure. What do you want out of life? I was thinking about that. I want out of life not to resent or hate anybody and be able to speak up. Oh. And, you know, not, with, not with emotion. Right. But just speak up. Speak up kind and don't like, resent. Yeah, speak up and not resent. Yeah. And not hate anybody. I want to get rid of all that stuff. Oh, okay. So for me, that's what I want out of life. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Yes, James. Online. This is going back to the men being, masculinity being killed. Okay. He said that this, Ryan said that they aren't killing masculinity. Men are committing suicide. They need to be strong. Right. Both is happening. Men are uh, allowed it to happen, and in return, they are committing suicide. But they're also going after the men in so many ways. It's so amazing because they hate men. They hate masculinity. And there are men and women who hate men. It's mind-blowing to see that. Um, the reason I thought about what you said is because I used to not know what I wanted out of life. You know, like, what do I want? You know, I don't know what I want. And then I would tell myself, I, I want more money, or I want a better job, or I want this or that, right? But then after I found what I was looking for, I realized none of what I thought I wanted was it at all. And what I realized is that when you have anger, you're in a fallen state, you're, meaning that you're falling away from God, you're falling away from the tree of life. And so in that fallen state, your father, the devil, he tells you all these different things you want. Oh, you're feeling this way because you don't have this. You don't have a degree. Or you don't have the right kind of job. Or you don't have friends. Or you don't have this. And because he's your father, you believe that that's what it is. And so you go and, and try to get those things. And then a lot of people get those things and then they still don't have what they want. Because that's not what they want. And what I know now is that we don't know what we want. It's only in that fallen state you think you know what you want. We don't know what we want. 
We don't know what's good for us. We don't know anything. We really are as, what's that word? We are as dumb as a doorknob. We are idiots. We are idiots, and the sooner you realize that, then you'll be fine. It's okay not to know what you want out of life. Don't commit suicide behind it. All right? Because it's okay not to know what you don't, I mean, what you want out of life. Because if you don't let that go, your father, the devil, will deceive you. He'll make you do all kinds of crazy things. So you don't know. We know nothing. We are nothing. Just relax and live your nothing life. <laughs> I'm serious. That way you don't have to take pills. You don't have to kill yourself. But what we're really yearning for is a return to the Father. That void, that missing thing that's missing is uh, a desire for the Father. And once you return to the Father, that void would be fulfilled and it would be as though you have everything, like nothing is missing. Really. It's so crazy how that's what it is. A return to the Father. But it's the same lying to you when you're in that fallen state. That's not what you want. I have perfect peace because I don't have that void anymore. It's weird how that is. And all those years prior to returning to my father, I thought I wanted this and that. I thought I needed more women. I needed to have a sports car, a lot of clothes. There was none of that at all. But when I returned to my father, my earthly father, through him I was able to return to God. I, per- I had all that conflict, worry, doubt. I have perfect peace. And so everything else is secondary. It's just a tool to function on this earth. You know, housing, clothes, money. And there's, when you're in that fallen state, there's no such thing as enough money. It's really not. You just think you need more and more because the more money you have, the bigger house you're going to buy. The more clothes you're going to buy. You're going to spend money, spend money, so you never have enough money. But when you return to the Father, a little is enough. It really is. Being alone is enough. Not having to be on your iPad all day and iPhone, all that, you won't have to do that. Because you have per- all the conflict, the, all that stuff is gone away from you, and you have peace. It's a perfect way of living. And you have no fear, no doubt, but you've got to return to the Father. You've got to let go of anger. And we let go of angry, all, anger, all those stupid things that seem so serious, like we were talking, seem so serious, is really nothing. When we were talking about the difference between a Hispanic and a Mexican, right? What? That's, a, that's crazy to let that be a serious issue. You know what I'm saying? Somebody call you a Mexican, but you don't want to be called Mexican because you look down on the Mexicans. So you're going to say, oh, I'm a Hispanic. That's an insult. Just tell them to shut up. That's dumb. You're a human being. You're a living being. And by giving yourself a better title, it's not going to change anything. It just makes your ego think you're better than the next person. I remember when the light-skinned blacks thought that they were better than the dark-skinned blacks, and the dark-skinned blacks hated the light-skinned blacks. And they were treating each other worse than the white people ever treated us. And if a dark-skinned guy went out and married a light-skinned woman, 
the in-laws will give her hell. She just thinks she's white. She's like, no, I don't. I don't think that. Yes, you do. But because you're in that fallen state. That's what that is. That's why you got to come up out of it. You got to come away from that. And life is good. Become a human being. And then the Father will provide. He really will. All your needs in an amazing way. Yes, sir. That makes sense? Anybody disagree with that? So what you're looking for is a return to the Father. Men and women. The worst thing that you can do in your life is hate your earthly father. Christ even said there will come a day when I will return the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. That time is at hand right now. And once you return to the father, your mind is renewed. He automatically renew your mind so that you don't think like with the devil thoughts anymore. You think with his thoughts. His mind become your mind. Your mind become his mind. Just like your mind is the mind of Satan when you're in that fallen state. He renews your mind and now you don't think all that madness anymore. You're just living your life. Isn't that nice? Yes, Jesse, that's real nice. Praise the Lord. And then it's nothing like being with God. It's nothing like what you think that it is. Reading the Bible does not cause you to know what it's like to live with the Father, become a living being, become a son or a daughter of God. The Bible can't give you that. It has to be discovered from within. Really. It's so nice to be a son of God. I've always wanted to be that. And then you just kind of look at people taking things so seriously. I would just plan. Have you ever just planned and people get mad and now they don't want to play anymore? <laughs> well, why you don't want to play? Oh, you said this about me. And you were just playing. Words don't mean anything. You have to overcome words and you will when you return to the fathers. If you know the father, if you know the notice the children of the lie, when they want to control you, the first thing they do, they use words on you. You are racist. You're a woman hater. You're a man hater. If they can, it's like in a, in a couple relationship when you're married. If the wife want to control the husband, she use, or the, the other, if men want to control women, the first thing they do is go nice. Oh, you're such a good wife. I really love you. And then she's like all puffed up or he's puffed up. Your ego love lies. And then as soon as you're feeling good, then that's when they hit you what they want. Oh, I need a few dollars. And then you said, no, I'm not going to give you any money. Now they say, you are no good. You're a cheap wife or husband. And then they're trying to use words to manipulate you to get what they want. And if they can control you with anger or they can control you making you feel good, they get what they want from you. But they don't care about you at all. That's why when you overcome words, it won't happen to you. It will not happen. You got to overcome words. So ladies, when the guys are like, when they're ready to do number whatever, when they start being nice to you, they don't care about you. They're just lying to you to get what they want. And once they got it, 
Everybody's so quiet. Uh, let me take here, then I come to you. We're getting a lot of feedback on what you want in life. Uh, yes. JG says, I want enough money to buy Jesse the new building. Oh, that'll help. Hold on to that want. <laughs> That's right. Some of the Ryans are saying, the thing I want out of life is a good work to be a good example for others and build up rewards in heaven? Well, I don't know how all that worked, but really I'm telling you what you're yearning for is a return to the Father. It's just that simple. And then the truth will come alive for you. It will be real. It will, it will, you can live by it. You can deal with issues of life by the, the light that's within you. All right? Just drop the anger by forgiving your parents. It's just that easy. And it's so simple, words can't even explain it. Forgive your parents. And God will forgive you and you can go free. Then you should just live your life. You have another one? Can I do one more silly one? Yes. <laughs> uh, Smitty says, I would like to be like Joel and Esteban and one day be my own man and have my own business. Oh. <laughs> But well, they got fired. You fired them, right? <laughs> That's uh, Joel right there in the middle, the black one. And then the, uh, I won't say Mexican. Where are you from? Honduras? Columbia. The <laughs> Colombia. Is the Colombian still a Mexican? No. Uh. <laughs> That's about like, I'm not a Mexican. Uh, so... Once upon a time, they all had a radio show together with the white man, with James. And a holiday came. <laughs> and James was, the show is new. So James is willing to, the white man is willing to work on the holiday. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And, it, and the people of color like, no, I want to work on the holiday. Nobody gonna be listening anyway. I, uh, <laughs> I want to go to the barbecue, and so the white man fired him. <laughs> so now it's the it's the Hake report without Esteban and Joel, and and, and they're upset. Um, Joel is the audio engineer. Sometimes he messes up the show. <laughs> And Esteban won't listen to the show. He would listen to music before he would listen to the show. And they're supposed to be best friends. But, yeah, you don't want to be like Joel or Esteban. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yes, sir. Man, this time it is. One other thing I got to tell you. Uh, I was a little confused about when you said words don't matter. Right. And um, I think you will explain it better after the question. In the Bible where there's a passage where Jesus says, don't swear by anything because you don't own anything. Not your parents, not your house, nothing. Right. You only thing you have is your word. So let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Right. So how does that relate to what you were saying as like words? I, I think I kind of know what you were saying. What do you think but, I'm kind of saying? Uh, you were saying like when somebody says something to you, like don't obsess on it. Right? Right. When you're in the fallen state, you're worldly. You're very emotional. You know, you're living in your imagination. Yeah. And so when people want to control you, 
They can say nice things about you and control you, or they can say bad things about you and control you. But once you overcome that fallen state, that cannot happen to you, meaning that worries won't bother you. Yeah, I can You know, I get thing. people tell me all the time, you're so wonderful, you know, right on, right? And then they say, oh, you're Uncle Tom a sellout, you're no good. <laughs> but I treat them both the same. You know, I'm not into either one. I appreciate the ones who appreciate it, and I appreciate the ones who hate it. You know, they're both the same. Because if you notice, the one that appreciate it, you can say one thing that they disagree with, and they'll turn on you just like that. Mm-hmm. Everything is out the window. And so when they appreciate it, that's nice. And when they don't, that's nice. But it, it came, I wasn't like that before I came out of that fallen state. I was subject to words. Now, I understand that. But the other part where all we have is our word. Um, Meaning that, all, you say all we have is our word. Meaning that if you make a promise you're going to do something, you stick to that promise. And if you, something happens where you can't do it, you notify the person and say, I can't do it. But when, in the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, if someone said, I'm going to build your house for you, you didn't even have to shake on it. You knew they would do it. Do you mean that? Um, yeah, I just wanted to know your, yeah. if, if what you were talking about related to that passage or just, no, yeah. No, just in general. Okay. Like when you overcome the fallacy. I was confused, state. sorry. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Superman, how you doing? Okay. Why are you sitting there looking crazy? Maybe because I am. <laughs> what are you thinking about right now? Uh, I was thinking about words and, and that words uh, can be used to deceive and they can yes. be used as weapons. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And another example of that is that the children of the lie have used this word racism for the last 60 years or so to divide and conquer. You know, white people are afraid to speak up because they don't want to be called racist. And black people believe that racism exists and they have used that word against white people to get their stuff and stuff like that. But if they were not afraid of that word, if they had come out of that fallen state, that word would not have had any value at all. None. Not one iota. So we got to get past that. But the only way you'll get past, you got to come out of the fallen state. Are you manipulated by words? Um, yeah, I can see. I can see how. I can see how the devil uses words, and um, he controls other people, and they speak in a way to deceive you. Yeah, yes. I can see that. That's right. And you can see it, right? Yeah, I can. And see, that's what happens when you come out of the fallen state and God become your father, then you can see that they're trying to manipulate you. If you become angry, you will not see it. You will not see it. it. You will get involved in those words. Yes, sir. But you have to stay objective. Have that little space between you and that person. And you can see what's happening behind the words. That's right. And read between the lines. Exactly. Sometimes we have a home for young men, right? And sometimes some of the guys want to commit suicide. They want to kill themselves. So the first thing I say to them, all right, if you're going to kill yourself, do not die in the house. Go out on the street, you know, down the road somewhere. Because, you know, people have to live in the house. You're not supposed to die in the house where we have to live. And then I try to tell them how to overcome it. Because, uh, (laughs) 
Isn't that right? Who want to die, live in a house that somebody died in? Do you? No. Right. So isn't it best to warn the guys to go outside and die? Absolutely. That's right. But if I was in that fallen state, the mind and that emotion wouldn't let me tell them to go outside. It would be saying, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> How can you say that? This person trying to kill themselves, themselves, and you are telling them to go, uh, go outside. <laughs> but but out of that father say, you know what you're thinking? Well, if you're fool enough to kill yourself, I'm not fool enough to let you die in my house. Yeah. You know, if you want to take your life, go ahead, but don't interrupt my life by dying in the house. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, and if they, if they slit their wrist, it's a big stain on the carpet. I know, and yeah. you never get it out. Never get and it out. And then you have to walk by the room every day where they died. <laughs> and at night, you're scared because you're scared to look over in the room. You might see a shadow. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that right, Joe? <laughs> so what? It's so dumb. What's dumb about that? You say pass by the room and see <laughs> it's a shadow in the room. You know, like the room can be dark, and then sometimes you're walking down the hall, and if somebody die in the room, you know Satan gonna tell you, look at that shadow, right. <laughs> and you're gonna believe it. But if they don't die in the house, you don't have to worry about that. My son just bought a house, right? And I said, make sure you ask them if anybody died in the house. And if they say yes, don't buy it. Because if you buy it, I'm not coming. He said, okay, so you chatting and they didn't die. So you can ask now if anybody died in the house. Huh? I'm totally serious. Yeah, it's a law. It's a law, folks. When you buy a house, find out if anybody died. Because people are doing some weird stuff nowadays. And they leave those spirits behind. You know what I'm saying? So it sounds like a joke, but it's pretty serious. I remember in the good old days, I was hoping, like, because I would be afraid if they died. I was like, Lord, please don't let my grandmother die in the house. And we didn't even have hospitals to go to. I don't know where she was going to die. But fortunately, she lived long enough for me to get away. Then she died. But, so you, you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and why not okay? I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Are yeah. you doing the silent prayer? Yes. Every day? Yes. Every day? Yes. Night and day? Yeah, that's how, why I'm late today. Oh, you were praying? I was praying. Okay. <laughs> Stay with the prayer. I'm telling you, I've been doing it for 29 years now. And it doesn't matter how tired I am or what. I stay with the prayer. Because... As you were saying, he calms you down so you don't overreact. He allows you to see so you can deal with everything perfectly. He, you're his son. You're his daughter. And he just wants you to have a simple life. Just become as a child. And he'll do the rest. He really will. Yes, sir. Oh, and then I got to tell you this. Did you want to say anything else? Okay. Yes. Um, Jay is asking, this past week I find it hard to read my Bible. What can I do to overcome it? Relax and don't read it. Really. Don't force anything. 
just relax. Uh, because what you're looking for, Jay, is on the inside of you. I highly recommend that you do the silent prayer. And so if you're having conflict, mental and emotional conflict, just relax in the conflict. Uh, that's what I want to tell you, too. When conflict comes, relax in it. Be still and know God. Don't try to get rid of it. Don't get high. Don't call up everybody. Don't go to the party. Relax in the conflict. And then you will see God at work. He will remove it from you and you will be free. Never have to worry about it again. But if you try to go read the Bible or do something, then you're playing God and you're keeping yourself in that fallen state. It's best to just relax and trust the Father. He will take care of you. He really will. I've done it. I'm telling you. There have been moments when I've had so much conflict that I could barely breathe. Uh, and and I, would, uh, I lived in Oregon at the time, right? And I would leave my job and just, I mean, I was, my hair was hurt. You ever had that pain where just the hair hurt, the stomach hurt, the legs and everything hurting, right? And you just don't know what to do. And say, like, take a drink, take a drink. But I didn't want to drink. And so I wanted to endure because I heard you should endure. And I would just go home and fall out on the couch. And I would say, you know what, God, whatever your will is, let it be. And then I'd get up the next day and go do it. When I first started Bond 28 years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. It was so interesting. And um, so it was on Sunday morning we would have these meetings. These people would show up and we would talk real talk. And then there were some of the people in the meeting didn't like me, right? And I'm, you know, I wasn't speaking well. Not that I speak well now, but a little better now. I wasn't. I, I was dumb as a doorknob. But the meetings went well. But yet, you know how people are. They talk about you and turn on you. And I used to have so much conflict. I, I would leave that meeting, and I would say, I'm never going back. I'm not going back next Sunday. This is insane. And Satan would be feeding my mind, telling me all this stuff. And then there was a guy who was trying to take the organization away from me. And he was like going around gossiping and saying stuff. And, uh, and so I would have to drive through the parking lot. I had so much conflict, I wouldn't even look at the people standing around in the lot. I just wanted to get out of there and go home. But then because I endured that pain, I got past it. I'm stronger for it now. I didn't hate the pain. I endured the pain. I let God, I just stayed with the prayer and just got up. Sometimes you don't feel like walking when you have that pain. But I did the prayer and stayed with it. I'm a better person for that now. I'm here to tell you to endure the pain. Take the conflict. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Give it a try. Yes, James. Alex is asking, so besides the prayer and forgiving your parents, what do you need to get out of the fallen state? Or how do you know if you're out of it? When you're out of it, you will not have the conflict. You have perfect peace. It's like, you, it's like life is amazing. And you find yourself dealing with life and you don't hate your fellow man. You're not judging anyone. You're not gossiping about anyone. You, have, you, have, you wish the best for even your enemy. Because now you have perfect love. And perfect love casts out fear and gossip and all that stuff. And even if someone is talking about you in a negative way, you know that they can't help it. And so you wish them well. 
if someone comes to you and say, oh, uh, let me tell you a real fast story about this gossiping thing. So I get this call from this family over the weekend, and they, the wife was like totally tripping out because she is changing now. She's overcoming her old habits, right? So she goes and hangs out with some friends, and she finds out that they've been gossiping about her. And she was stunned because she didn't know that these rumors were going around about her. It's so sad. And, um, and so she goes there, and she finds out these people were talking about her. She trips out. And so her husband couldn't calm her down from it, because now Satan playing with her mind. And so I went there, and uh, I just told her, you know what? Pray for those folks. When people gossip about you, those, those are no good people. You can't even trust a person that gossip. Because if they're doing it to you with someone else, it's happening to them anyway. And then the person that's listening to it is no good. So just forgive them. And we went through the prayer. You know, we showed her how to do the prayer again. She was already doing it. That's why she's getting better. And right away, she felt much better about it. It has no meaning to her. But if you gossip or if you listen to that mess, you're evil. It's very destructive. And only people in the fallen state gossip about each other. You pray for one another. And God said, if you have a problem with your fellow man, go to them and forgive them and go your way. Because they can't help it. Everybody in a fallen state do crazy things because Satan is your father. Don't gossip, folks. And don't listen to it. Um, Didn't I see your hand, Margaret? Yeah. One moment, one moment. One moment. What happens if you already live in a house and you know a person did die in it? Burn it. Burn what? The house. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I don't know. <laughs> Some people are not concerned about those kind of spirits. Uh-huh. I'm, I, it doesn't really bother me, but somebody did die in my house. Yeah. Oh. Um, how did you find out? I, I was going to, well, they didn't want to tell me, and they actually lowered the price 6000 down, but, you know. Ask when them, I could they take another 100000 off? Yeah, well. <laughs> so they told you that someone died, and you still bought it? Yeah. Are you, are you nervous, uncomfortable living there? No, I'm oh. not, I don't feel funny about, about it because I know that man couldn't help himself either. You know, when he, he died in the house? He died in the house. Oh, that don't help me. Yeah. That's one time, couldn't help yourself, don't help me. <laughs> no, but don't worry about it. If it's not a big deal, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah stay there. Don't, don't burn your house. I'm just playing. I'm just playing about burning the house. <laughs> Do not burn your house and, and then say, well, just to say it, burn the house. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Um, that was a joke. Yeah, but no, don't worry about it. Okay, but I could have you come and bless it, right? <laughs> no, because he's scared. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can do that. Yes. I had a lady die in my house. All these people living in this house, they're dead folks. And she was an alcoholic. (laughs) And did you become an alcoholic too? I was one way before. No, I had stopped already when I moved in there. Yeah. But uh, the the house all smelled like cigarette and... B.O. and alcohol. And, and you moved into it? 
Well, I didn't That's know like anybody had upper. died in there. What? I didn't know anybody had died. How did you find out? I found out after by a neighbor next door. Oh, man. Yeah, and I had to leave those windows and doors open for about a year to get all that smell out and everything out of there. But it never <sighs> bothered me. When in, it's just my weakness. Yeah. I just don't want to live in it. Yeah. But nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but don't bother I'm sure me. I've lived in apartments and things like that and didn't even know people died in there. Right. Even in hotels, know. people are killing themselves in hotels too now. That's true. And I've stayed in a lot of hotels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I stayed in the Shiny Hotel. Nice. Yeah. Remember that movie, The Shining? But I didn't know it was The Shining Hotel. <laughs> I didn't know about the movie or anything. Long story short, so I, um, I was invited to Colorado to speak at a conference. So I get there, and this time I'm traveling by myself. I get there really late at night, get a rental car, and I'm driving to this hotel. You have to go through a mountain, like a high mountain, and dark roads and curve on the mountain, just like in the movie. And you curve it, the mountain is so dark. And so I end up in this hotel, get in the room, I go upstairs to the room, and as soon as I got in bed, I just, I'm telling you the truth. And I would close my eyes, and I would hear something say, help me, help me. I'm like, what? And then, and then I'm thinking, oh, it's just my mind. And, and it was coming from the closet. It was coming from the closet. And then so, so I, I look in the closet, I don't see anything. So I go back, and as soon as I fall asleep, it's like a toothache. Help me. Help me. I'm like, look, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so I went downstairs and I told the manager, I cannot stay in that room. I'm hearing voices. Somebody said, help me. And he was crazy enough to tell me, oh, this is the Shining Hotel. This is where people died. And people died in this hotel. And things happen. <laughs> he literally told me. I'm like, you telling a black man that somebody died here? Are you crazy? And so I said, you got to put me in another room. And he put me in another room. And so what I did, I left all the lights on all night long. And the next morning, I did the conference, packed my bag, and left. <laughs> That's a true story. Isn't it, James? I told you guys about it. That's an amazing story. But I heard someone, so apparently, and then I see the movie about all the stuff that happened. It was a true story. That was mind-blowing to me. Let's go back. Uh-uh. No, I stayed at a motel. But it was a true story. Anyway, you had your hair in the black? Did you have your hair? Did I see your hair? Oh, yes, but I, I think she covered it. So what I was, uh, okay, so what I was thinking of, um, <clears throat> it was, um, my, my mother's passed away, but she passed away in the hospital. Oh, thank God. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, we were going to have our house remodeled, and we were thinking to take some of the wood out of certain rooms in the house and put it, say, like in the family room or something. And um, that's what popped in my mind. That's oh. all. <laughs> but, you know, she didn't die in the house. Oh, good. Yeah, so that would be just when, fine. But she had such a sweet spirit anyway. You know, ain't so. that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to keep dead people clothes. You know, like some people like to see souvenirs and all that kind of stuff. I don't even want any of that. You have it all. That's one thing you don't have to fight with me about in the family. 
when somebody dies, you can have all their stuff, all their pictures. I don't want to see anything. You know, Christ said, let the dead bury the dead. Isn't that amazing? Yes, eh? A question about the prayer. Okay. Anne is asking, am I doing the prayer wrong if my mind goes blank when I pray and then starts racing when I go to bed? No. Just when you do the prayer, for those who don't know, I have a silent prayer on my website, rebuildingtheman.com slash church. And so when you're doing the prayer, you're sitting there and just letting go, being aware of those thoughts, letting them pass. Don't have an opinion about the prayer. Don't say, I'm doing it wrong, or I'm doing it right, I'm doing it too long, I'm doing it sh- too, too short of a period of time. Just have no opinion, because you want to let go of everything and let God's will be done. So you can't have an opinion. Anyone who has an opinion is playing God. And I'm telling you, the best way to live in life is to live without an opinion. Because an opinion is a judgment. You're deciding what you think is right or wrong. You're deciding what you think is good for you. You're still playing God. He literally wants you to just become a living being. He breathed life into your body and you became a living being. And until you, before you fell away from, the, from him as a child growing up, you were just a living being, living your life. You didn't have all these opinions and judgments and all this stuff until you started to become angry. And so you have to return to that. So just do it. All right. And don't have an opinion about it. Because a lot of people get bothered. They say, oh, I'm not doing it long enough. I'm not doing it right. This wasn't a good prayer. They're still making decisions about it. And Satan is controlling them. Just live your life without opinion and you will see the truth. I, I want to close by saying, and then I'll take your question a little later. I want to close by saying that I, I'm a witness to this, folks. That God is within you. Everything you need to know is within. You want to reverse that order because as a kid, you lived from within out. But when you fell away from God, you started living from outside, inside. And that's where all the problem is. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's inside of us. God is inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And when you drop that anger by forgiving, because no one is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven with anger. That's why he said, before you enter in, you must forgive. Otherwise, he's not going to pull you in, draw you in. And so when he draws you in, you're going to live from the truth that's written in your heart, You're going to walk by the light. And God is with you. I'm telling you, he's right here, right now. And he will give you his mindset, just as Satan has done. Satan is pretending to be God. He's not. He's an imitation of that. So stop listening to the thoughts. They're all lies. That's why God said, bring every thought into captivity. Don't listen to any of them. You want revelation. You don't want words in your head, all right? So do the prayer. I recommend night and day, first thing in the morning, last day at night. And then after a while, it become natural to do it because he wants you to pray without ceasing. And that means to be aware of every moment. And then you can see how to deal with everything. All right. So do the prayer and don't worry about the rest. It will take care of itself. Thank you so much for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. We have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. Did you like you like our counseling service? They can't hear you on TV. Hold on.
Yeah, I did. And how do you see it? What do you think about it? Um, it's it's great, especially when you don't have, you know, someone who's godly, and um, especially when you're young too, and you don't know how to navigate life. And, yes. You know, spiritual spiritual things. So it was definitely needed. On it's my very end. simple. Yeah. And you know, I've been saying, well, you know, you might need two at best. So most people want to because they like to come back with a follow up. But I highly recommend a counseling service. We're counseling with men and women around the world. And so check that out. And don't forget to donate. We need your tithe and offerings and donation. Uh, we got a lot that we're doing. Um, I read that, well, no, I was told this morning that uh, John McCain uh, said that when he died, he doesn't want uh, President Trump to come to his funeral. He wants Obama and uh, Pence, but not Trump. Can you imagine being on your deathbed and you're hating your fellow man, you do not want to die with that anger in your heart. You're not going where you think you are. Believe me. You want to forgive so you can be connected to the Father. All right. So thank you for tuning in and thank you all too for coming. That was fun. I appreciate it. <laughs>